Welcome to Trash Compactor. I'm Josh. This is a special episode in honor of Star Wars Podcast Day 2023. February 7th marks 24 years since the premiere of Jedi Talk, the very first Star Wars-related podcast. Um, before podcasts were even a thing, I'm pretty sure. So I guess it was, uh, you know, Star Wars uh, talk show. And we're proud to take part in this third annual Star Wars Podcast Day with the rest of the Star Wars podcast community. Um, February 7th also happens to be my dad's birthday. So happy birthday, dad. And happy birthday. <laughs> Today, we're going to be asking the question, will Disney ever remake the original Star Wars? And joining me in the Trash Compactor for this discussion is Bracey. Hi, happy to be here. And John. Hello. So, yeah, remaking Star Wars. It's kind of a provocative question, but uh, before we get to that, I want to talk a little about the Instagram post I saw that inspired this episode. It was a post made a couple of months ago from um, a Star Wars fan account, and what it was was the poster for the original Star Wars, um, Star Wars A New Hope, and the poster had written underneath it, why is it low-key underrated? It's so fun to watch. Darth <laughs> Vader is badass. <laughs> and I, I saw this in my feed. <laughs> I saw this in my feed and I was a bit dumbfounded, to be honest. I mean, not even in like a judgmental way. Like, I'm not saying like, how could you say this? But I was intrigued and I went through the rest of the kid's post and it became clear very quick. He was 14 years old, which means he was born in 2008. Um, I actually reached out to him to see if he'd be interested in coming on the pod to uh, mm -hmm. talk about what he meant. And what his experience was and where he was coming from when he wrote that. But um, he never. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he never responded. Ginger, uh, which is, yeah. Uh, which is uh, probably just as well. I have. It's a double edged sword responding to random strangers on the Internet who are more than twice your age. So I totally understand his desire to uh, not. Smart, smart move, kid. Well yeah, played. Smart. Well played. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So um, Star Wars A New Hope. Why is it low key underrated? It's so fun to watch. You know, it just it just struck me that Star Wars, the film, the movie Star Wars, the original movie is no longer the central text of the larger phenomenon that is Star Wars, which is, you know, it's a little hard for me to compute. Um, so so just, you know, first off, I'm just curious what your reactions are to the idea that Star Wars is low key underrated <laughs> by a certain generation. Well, well, I'll say that like when uh, the Phantom Menace came out, or I think it was the Clone Wars actually. After that, uh, uh, my my brother was like, he actually preferred the newer ones because he was like the other, like the puppet, like he like he couldn't get past the puppet in Empire, and uh, uh, so that kind of already gave me this like this like uh oh the world is not what I thought it was, and then and then uh, when. Captain America Civil Wars came out and there was a fight between all the Marvel characters and they actually had Spider-Man be like, hey, did you guys ever see this really old movie? It's called Empire Strikes Back. Like uh, when uh, when that became part of popular modern media of uh, that perspective, I was like, all right, well, yeah, we're old now. <laughs> I'm old now. I'm officially old now. If the modern if the popular pop movie is is referencing something that I grew up with and I was like, that's a staple of just a uh, uh, sci-fi um even though it's fantasy but uh, a sci-fi and in my mind and and like now it's just being treated like it's like how i how i looked at lawrence of arabia like you know it's like it's just like it's old it's old yeah i um i think it's just funny thinking that someone calls the original star wars like low-key underrated <laughs> it's just like 
but I, I do find it interesting that like every generation has their has their movies and uh I feel like um that's sort of like a sign of of this kid like going on his own journey of discovering movies. So I feel mm. like to him and his peers it's underrated and he's like, oh like it's almost like uh he's not talking to us. He's talking to people, other eighth graders, whatever. And like, like, yo, no, guys, it's, it's like worth checking out. And so I've done this with other people uh, in the past where like I find out that, you know, a lot of people didn't see The Godfather. And it's like, why? Because they think it's like going to be like Goodfellas and The Sopranos and they're not into mobster stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not what you think it is. It's like, check it out. It's really good, you know, type of thing. So I feel like this is kind of like a version of that with the kid, you know, it's like he's talking to a, a crowd that's like not aware of something that's like fucking epic. You know, it's like if, some, if someone's tried talking to me about like Duke Ellington, I'll be like, oh, OK, like I'll go check it out. But, you know, it's like, I, like, no, you would like you, John, would really like it. Like, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll go look at it. I think that's kind of like the, the way I see this comment. You know? But I, I would even say, though, like because so much stuff has been built off of it, like. I'm actually very impressed that people go back and they see it and they actually yeah. have the value because like mm -hmm. so much like has been uh, kind of grafted off of that and like modernized that like uh, if you can go back and like dust off the <laughs> the the non letterbox whatever whatever it is that you're whatever version you're looking at it mm -hmm. and, and, and like uh, uh, awards and all you're able to see the value in it I think that's actually fantastic. Yeah, I think it's going to keep happening too. Like with all the Jurassic World movies, like someone's going to go back and watch Jurassic Park and be like, oh shit. Someone's going to keep hearing about this Back to the Future movie and watch it and be like, oh shit. Like, like it's, I think it's going to happen a lot over the, as time goes on. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. Uh, Bracey, you've made me realize that, uh, you know, I'm actually happy that someone who's 14 years old now went back and watched the original Star Wars and actually liked it, right? Yeah. That's the best thing to come out of that story is that he went back, discovered it and loved it, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, like I can even remember as a kid watching the original trilogy, like you're aware that there's a jump in not quality, but there's a jump in what these movies can do from Star Wars to Empire to Return of the Jedi. It's like, you know, when you compare, you know, I had some friends for whom the original Star Wars of the three was their least favorite because it had like the least you know stuff in it mm -hmm. for lack of a better like so even for our generation growing up with the three original trilogy films on you know tv and vhs like there was still a little of that um you know and it is it is interesting like this kid in his avatar was a character from the clone wars cartoon so his intro to star wars and i wish he was here so he could tell us for sure but his intro to star wars was you know cartoon shows and these new movies that that came out when he was seven yeah um so it's interesting like star wars as a movie is not central to star wars the the phenomenon like the, yeah. the mythology of it it's just sort of like the spark that lit the fire um but like you know it's not integral to what star wars is now it's like you can be a star wars fan and not even have seen that movie which is yeah. a crazy idea to, to, to know. us, you know, like classically trained. Yeah, Star yeah Wars exactly. Classically <laughs> trained. Like, 
especially being on Instagram, you could see how like, um, you know, because of the algorithms, they keep thinking like, oh, you must like Star Wars. You're like all these Star Wars memes or whatever. And literally 100% of the uh, the stuff that I get that's like uh, fed to me for Star Wars uh, references the prequels as like the linchpin for almost everything. And the majority yeah. of it, like, it made me realize that like when people talk about Star Wars, even the jokes and things that they're talking about, they're talking about all of this ancillary content that's not the movies. Like they're talking about the Clone Wars cartoons, they're talking about the comics, they're talking about the TV shows, and like they're not talking about the movies. And I, and it's just like Star Wars is no longer movies. Like Star Wars is now just a culture star wars is now like a just a thing and when we were talking on the phone recently uh josh like um you know like star wars is tv now and they keep saying how they're going to make more star wars movies but like i don't know when the next star wars movie is going to come out like it, and it's kind of like a weird thing where like for a generation of people they're going to think of like star wars oh yeah all those cool tv shows oh they're making a movie how cool is that you know, like, oh, yeah. that, that'll be like a special event where they make a movie. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like they were movies. Used to be. You know? yeah. yeah, it's like, it it's just so weird to event. think of it that way, you know? <laughs> to everyone, to now, I think for the majority of Star Wars fans out there, besides the old school, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi's Ewan McGregor, you know? Yeah, I to mean. It's like Alec Guinness and then like Ewan McGregor. No, is, I mean, like, frankly. Like, taking the mantle where it's like, you McGregor has done way more for the role than Alec Guinness ever did, you know? Yeah, I mean, frankly, I agree with that. It's like, in my yeah. mind, I think Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi more than Alec Guinness. Um, so, yeah, so the question arises, and I'd seen this question floating around on social media. So with that said, with Star Wars, the movie Star Wars no longer at the center of the Star Wars phenomenon, this idea that Disney or someone, though it will be Disney, do you think they will ever remake the original trilogy? Uh, Absolutely. I know Bracey and I have different opinions on this. <laughs> but I, Oh, there are a couple of separate questions here. Will they? Should they? How would they do it? Right? So let's start with the would they. Would they. My opinion, at least in George Lucas's lifetime, they seem to be holding those original films as kind of sacred. That's why they won't even release the theatrical versions. Um, culturally speaking, they still resonate. Like when they, when people talk about like them being registered with like Congress for like cultural significance and stuff like that, like that can't be repeated uh, for what they did. It's almost like um, uh, Michelangelo's David and stuff like that. Like they are what they are. Uh, but, but, with the way technology is going and what they've already done with the Mandalorian and young Luke Skywalker and making a solo movie and all this shit. Like, I think they will have more stories with those characters in the future. And they, but I don't necessarily think they'll just go back and redo it. I think they might have more Luke Skywalker stuff and everything like that. I also think they're going to be a little bit more, um, with all the characters that they have now that they're bringing to form from like the cartoons and the comics and all that stuff, like I feel like 
they now have a library of people uh, for more stories to use that they don't need to use the original characters anymore. So I feel like in a weird way, like by having the old movies still intact and not remade, that creates a, a straight line to what their future is going to be. And if they go back and reboot it, then it's like at that point, they will just reboot everything ad nauseum. And I don't think that's necessarily what they're going to do. Like, I don't, like that means they're going to reboot the prequels. That means they're going to reboot the sequels. That means they're going to reboot the Mandalorian. And it's just like, no, but not, it's, no, it, but not necessarily uh, because, well, it gave it like another hundred years. Like they might, like, you know what I'm trying to no, say? Well, like, another... I feel like, or maybe like a 20, but you know what I'm trying to say is like the same logic could apply to literally everything that they're making now. So that's why I don't necessarily think they're going to do it because it would just be like a repeating theme, you know, whereas instead of just, it just keep going. I think they're going to get to like episode 27, you know, like I think they're just going to keep going with the episodes and keep making more things and then make in between stories with like, oh, we'll bring Luke Skywalker back digitally for this thing and whatever. But like, I don't think they're going to go back and redo the old shit because it's there. Francie, what do you think? Well, at some point, uh, one one thing is at some point, it, like the original ones become public domain, don't they? Like at some point. Well, yeah. If they. Well, but uh, that's not going to happen for until like 2070. Seven or whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not on the. It's not on the near term horizon. But like, they have been dealing with that reality as like a whole as a company dealing with Mickey and dealing with a lot of their properties. And uh, they spent a lot of money for that property. And I feel like they've created a lot of new IP around the lore that the Star Wars trilogy establishes. And it's just like I. I don't think that um the fact that they would have to continue to to create new done versions of old uh, of older properties is actually uh i i don't i don't see that as a, a flaw i see that as a feature like you know like i see that as uh, uh in a, in 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 a highly competitive content environment i'm not saying I, it's a flaw i'm just saying it's something that they probably wouldn't do was remake the old ones I'm not yeah, saying I, it's like morally bad or something like that. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear that. I, I, I don't see it as morally bad either. I'm just saying, I, I don't think you were trying to say that. I just think that, like, I, I would see that as a reason, uh, uh, for them to make these movies, just because, like, now it's all, it, it's, it's all about attention, and, uh, uh, as you, as other people, smaller creators get to the capability, continue within the next five years continue to get to a capability level that they could make a feature film that looks as good as something that Disney can do, then like, like, like they're going to leverage whatever they got. They're going to leverage whatever they got to make whatever content they can to pull people into their platform to spend money or else that system doesn't work anymore. Like I don't what? see it lasting much more than five, five to 10 years before they make, uh, make a film and i wouldn't be surprised if they announce it in the next three years wait i'm sorry just so i understand you think they are going to remake the original trilogy within the next five to ten years is that what you just said yeah i think they're going to remake it within the next five to ten years and i think they're and i would not be surprised if they announced that they're going to do that within the next three years i don't think they're going to do that that is but, a bold um, prediction yeah it's a very bold so, prediction because because they still have a lot of other things in the pipeline before they even get to that Culturally speaking, there's a lot of things attached to the original trilogy. It's not just 
cinema significance. It's also John Williams. It's also the star making movie for Harrison Ford. Um, it's a lot of these things. And so I feel like, I feel like giving the most, uh, the most leniency for them to redo it that I think that they will probably do is to keep doing special editions of those movies where they make things look better digitally. But I don't think they would want to replace the Harrison Ford. I don't think they would want to replace uh, James Earl Jones or uh, John Williams' music and all that stuff. And so I feel like if they were to remake it in the future, those are big, big shoes to fill. It's like it's like the same reason why people don't remake Wizard of Oz because it's like you have to you have to all of a sudden have a new Judy Garland singing somewhere over the rainbow. And it's well, like, though they have some, they have remade the Wizard of Oz a few times, like that story. Well, no. the Wiz, and but like it's but people see that as like something different from they didn't people didn't see that as like this is the replacement of the Wizard of Oz. Like people just saw it as like another thing. You know? Right. Well, 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 I think in this case, to what you're saying, John, like, I don't think you can. I mean, even going along with the scenario that Gracie just threw out there where, you know, they remake them in some fashion in the next five to 10 years. Like, I don't think there's any scenario where they're talking about, like, deleting or erasing the original versions of the films. I use original mm -hmm. versions loosely, you know, in the form that they yeah. exist yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Uh, the one interesting thing is the pains they have gone to in the new stuff. Like they have Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens. They have recreated Mark Hamill's likeness for the character to appear in The Mandalorian. So like they would have to deal with the fact that in this new media that they are like trying to create within this, you know, consistent interconnected universe that they've created, like they've now made it. So like Luke Skywalker looks like Mark Hamill circa 1980, whatever. Right. Uh, going going to the Wizard of Oz thing, I think something that the Wizard of Oz and um, here's here's a sound clip. I think something that the Wizard of Oz and the DC universe have in common <laughs> is that they're based off of uh, they're based off of written material that weren't used beforehand. So, like them going right. to the source is going back to something else. Star Wars going back to the source is going back to their own movie timeline. So right. I feel like that inherently makes it different because it makes it a little bit more special compared to like, oh, well, Batman's a comic book. So we can just keep like, we'll just keep making Batman like James Bond, whatever. But um, I feel like with Star Wars, it's harder to do that, you know? Well, there is this idea that like, you know, film is unique because it renders reality so convincingly that like what you see in a movie, that's the way it quote unquote really happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I think when the text originates in another form, that's not a movie like you were in saying, like a novel or like a comic book mm -hmm. or like a stage production or whatever, because of the nature of those media, there is exactly. no that's the way it happened. Right. Even with Lord of the Rings, because not everyone pictured Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn before they saw the movie. But then everyone pictures Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. I think. This is a special case. Yeah, but so there's an interesting question there, you know, how to deal with the mm -hmm. fact that 
the original source material was created in that medium that is quote unquote really how it happened right like and the fact that like the sequels and you know all the stuff the new stuff that they're putting out that is set in that period of time in the fictional universe like they are they are using ai and cg to recreate mark hamill at a certain age like like to be Luke Skywalker. Like I think um I think after the Obi-Wan show was when I was reading a lot of these ideas of like you know in in 10 years or so like these kids are going to be the right age so uh, they should just remake Star Wars and have you and McGregor he'll be the right age he'll uh, be to Alec play. <laughs> yeah, so so it's yeah. like why not? I think that's where a lot of this started. Uh, but you still encounter that problem though where Luke but Skywalker it's not a problem. is talking. Well, but it's not I, I think I there's think a, a way to uh, between our differing opinions I think there's a way for us to have our cake and to eat it too, because there's actually a precedent for this, which is J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, because they recognize in those movies that the Kirk shit with uh, William Shatner, the Kirk shit, <laughs> the William Shatner television series and those original movies <clears throat> happened. And then because of a time divergence or whatever, uh, they were able to soft reboot it with a younger cast and then make their own Star Trek movies. But Leonard Nimoy was like the connecting thing. So I feel like, uh, and that's another thing that was made with TV and movies in our heads. We had Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, George Takei. Uh, Takei. And, um, and I feel like Star Wars, if they were to make new movies with these characters, besides digitally just recreating Harrison Ford long after he's dead, is maybe they would just do something like that, or it's like an alternative take as to, like, well, what if this happened instead of that happening, and like have it just be kind of like the uh, what do they call it, like the Kelvin universe or something. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some sort of like ancillary thing like that. Maybe start it off as like a TV show and then make it into a movie or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with I'm kind of with Bracy. I don't think it matters that they don't look exactly the same. And I also think, like, you know, that specific example of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, like, the only reason that they had Leonard Nimoy there, I think, was to placate, you know, a certain kind of Star Trek fan. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's a certain type of Star Wars fan, too, that would, if they found out that they're remaking the original yeah. trilogy, they would light the world on fire. <laughs> and so, like, it's just like, we've already seen them react. Like, we've already seen Rise of Skywalker as a reaction movie. I feel like to an extent. So I feel like, and we've already seen them shut down movies after Solo underperformed. So you know that they do take fan reactions seriously, right or wrong. You know, uh, not saying- Wait, sorry, you're saying- I'm saying that- I'm saying Disney Lucasfilm, they do react to fan reactions. So when fans are wigging out, like Disney money-wise, like- you know, if we want to go the cynical route, they want to make money above all things. No, that's I don't not the think cynical would... route. I mean, that's what I'm just saying. I mean, you that's know, what's like... driving all of this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there will be a huge outrage um, about them recreating the original trilogy that goes beyond racism and sexism and all that stuff. I'm talking like there's a lot of people out there who would be like, fuck no about that. And so if, if they were to do it, I feel like it'll be like very, very far in the future if they were to even consider it. Well, I mean, I think there's an equation, right? Like how many of those fans are the ones who you're marketing to primarily versus how many it's like, what's the largest group of fans that would vibe with something like that? Right. 
Well, there's you know, also like the in my filmmaker mind- culture too. Like, how many directors and actors would sign on to that? Enough. Like, that's more than enough. I, if they I mean, like, it, it, I, I do not see that ever being a thing that, like, like, oh, they're remaking Star Wars. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm too good for that. Like, 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 well, who's not gonna? It, who's not it gonna might ju- not even jump necessarily be that. like a too good thing as much as like a too scared thing because that's like big fucking shoes to fill. It's not like you're remaking stand by me you know it's like you're you're remaking like a cultural phenomenon and it's like it's like oh we're remaking the beatles it's like whoa who's gonna be the new beatles you know it's like those are huge shoes to fill well but they've kind of already done it though like there are three actors that they well i mean four actors like they have a luke they have a leia they have an obi-wan they have a han solo so assuming the young actors who played Luke and Leia, I know we didn't really see Luke that much in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, but like presuming in 10 years, he's still an actor and he he's still up for it. Like they've kind of already done that. Like they've like softened the ground for but that. They so, weren't so- trying to remake something that they were like, no one saw 10 year old Leia or Luke. No one saw uh, the origin. And by the way, like one of the reasons why Solo underperformed is because the actor who played Alden Einrich, as I say his last name, but um, Aaron Reich, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was good. He was. I thought yeah. he. I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, but he was really close to the same age as uh, Han Solo and The New Hope, so people were like, ah, like it was harder for them to swallow that pill. So it, I, it didn't I like. There was still a reaction to that movie. It had kind of underperformed. We could also say that it came out six months after The Last Jedi and all that stuff. Whereas, like, a 10-year-old Luke and Leia is an easier pill to swallow because it's like, oh, yeah, like, they can't replicate those guys. They can't because they're 10 years old. So they, yeah, there's I no mean, pressure on them. I suppose. Like, but there's no pressure like, in Jake Lloyd to be Darth Vader when he's 10 years old, you know? Well, I mean, first but off, but I don't was. know that... Well, that was that was, yeah. that was that was a reaction to the movie, but it was like, but like, but as like a, as an actor, like no one expected a ten-year-old boy to be six foot five, Darth Vader in a suit, James Earl Jones. They were just like, that was a reaction to the movie and whatever. But like, you know, what I'm trying to say there was pressure yeah, on you, younger maybe to get closer to Alec Guinness more than there were like a child to be. But can like, I can I throw a like, quick scenario out? Like, or can we say like? Just imagine five years, a five-year run, and uh, we have more successful Mandalorian and whatever the other shows are. Ahsoka's out. Like uh, uh, they brought in a whole new generation of people, and they look because they've got the straight-up data of the streams. Most people aren't looking at the original trilogy, and they know that they can remake the original trilogy for X amount of money and get. A, a, a significant return on their investment for remaking it. And and they would reinvigorate a whole new generation and make them feel like they're part of the conversation in a way that they this new generation doesn't. Like, I feel like if they get to the numbers, the wood for me is completely a numbers game. Yeah. If they can calculate it yeah. and they see that uh, that opportunity exists, then I don't see any reason that they wouldn't do it apart from it could damage something but even in there i feel like i feel like that will fall out the farther out on that 10-year horizon well, uh, I, that we go i feel like in that situation what they would do is they would just make new adventures with those original characters and then making those original characters and making those original movies stories with those original characters would then 
uh, create the curiosity for those kids to go back and watch the original ones. So it's cheaper in a way to like, they will make more money off the original trilogy by just having them rewatch it and stream it. And then they would make a, a stupid money with the new movies of like new, with new adventures because with the new adventures, that guarantees everyone's going to watch it compared to just like uh, uh, kids who, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think, yeah. I think uh, every fan across the board would be up for a new adventure with Han, Luke, and Leia that had nothing to do with the original trilogy compared. And then if they're curious, they would just go back and watch the original trilogy, thus helping the revenue and streams for the original movies. If that makes yeah, sense. I mean, but they're not I concentrated on the old characters. That's why they don't. That's probably why the kids aren't going back and watching them. They would probably make more stuff with the original characters, making them go back. No, I think it depends. Like I'm, I'm with Bracy. They would if the numbers say that it makes sense for them to. The question in my mind is, is like, will the numbers ever make sense for them to? And I'm actually encouraged going back to the post that the 14 year old made that he he went and he engaged with this movie that was made 30 years before he was born. And he was like, what? Like, hey, like, like, this was really fun. Like, this movie is underrated. I guess he has a perception that. Star Wars fans of his cohort don't really watch the original trilogy or at least the original Star Wars. I don't know about about uh, the original trilogy. So so it does make me question how far out that equation is going to tip over into like, yeah, like we should should remake the original trilogy as long as there are young fans who go and seek out the original movie and still get a satisfying experience. from. Now, that said, I think. We all have the experience of growing up as kids and maybe having a harder time with, say, a movie or a TV show that was in black and white, right? Or like something less accessible because of the presentation and the style of filmmaking. Like to make a comparison to Doctor Who, which I, I have a bad habit of doing far too often on this ostensibly Star Wars podcast. How dare you? Uh, but like most of classic Doctor Who was made, you know, in a method of making TV that had far more to do with a theatrical stage performance tradition with like a camera sort of pointed at it than, you know, cinematic language. And for a lot of people who weren't around for when that style of TV was in vogue, it can be very hard to get into the show because it quote unquote, like, looks fake or looks cheap when they aren't on the the wavelength of like this isn't supposed to look real right but what i'm trying to get at is that like as long as those films are still accessible you know someone who didn't grow up in that time or didn't i mean grow up in the 20th century frankly as long as kids of the 21st century are able to watch it and most of them are able to sit through it and appreciate it for what it is I don't know that they will go the route of completely remaking those stories. Now, if yeah. they were to, I could see them like, I mean, they've even tried this. Like, um, I forget what it's called, but there was a YouTube series, an animated YouTube series, uh, Galaxy of Heroes, I think it was called, where they they animated key moments from the George Lucas six, like the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. I that, think in the sequels, too, they did it. Yeah, I think you're right. That were yeah. specifically aimed at younger children 
who maybe wouldn't sit through, you know, a two hour movie that was made 30 years ago. So I could very easily see them like maybe remaking all of the Skywalker movies as like animated films or something. Or I could also see them, you know, making a TV limited series of the events of the original trilogy from another point of view. Mm, yeah, I guess that's 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 kind of in line with what I was saying before, like uh, it would just be a different thing if they were go back to the original uh, characters. Because, like, I do think there is this kind of extra challenge where you are, on the one hand, saying, like, with the sequels in The Mandalorian, like, Han Solo always looked like Harrison Ford and Luke Skywalker has always, you know, looked like Mark Hamill, where, you know, it has that extra challenge of the originating source material is from this medium where the actors are inseparable from the characters, right? I mean, even though uh, they, have, least... they have recast Han Solo and Obi-Wan uh... before, one successfully and one... You know, yeah, arguably, but so. I, I think uh, the reason why I'm kind of going with the Luke and Leia thing with, with the kids, the reason why the Obi-Wan recasting was successful is because uh, it did take place 30 years prior. So you wouldn't he wouldn't look like an old man. He would look like a young man. And I feel like with the reason why Solo, yet again, as great as I thought he was in that movie. I mean, that I feel like is an underrated movie, <laughs> but like uh, he he was only like five years younger than his character in A New Hope. So that's why people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, uh, that's why people were more hesitant to it because he was supposed to be much closer in age uh, to what Harrison Ford was. And so, like, it would have been different if it were, like, showing, like, a 12-year-old Han Solo or something like that. Um, you know, we're also but- forgetting uh, Lando, who I think... You know, most people would agree, like, they really wanted to see more of Donald Glover in that, you know, for sure. To take that off on a tangent right now, I, I wonder, I mean, A, Billy D. Williams is even older than Harrison Ford. Uh, so to play a younger Lando, there's more of an age gap. But on top of that, like, I feel like when Billy D. Williams was cast as Lando, he was like fucking Billy D. Williams. Right. And like, like he had like people knew who he was. Like nobody knew who Harrison Ford was. He was, he was Han Solo, and right. then he became Indiana Jones. You know, so I feel like it was a bit easier for. It's like when um, <clears throat> it's like I don't know, like if they were to do like a young like Mace Windu. It's like Samuel Jackson was like very popular before he became Mace Windu. So it like his his. The image of Mace Windu is more associated with Samuel Jackson, and maybe the image of Lando is more associated with uh, Billy Dee Williams. I don't know if it's vice versa or whatever, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the actor, I think, might have outshone the role as compared to the role outshining the actor. I, I feel so like I feel like there's more leeway with that. I feel like the argument, though, with like the age and do they do they match the person or they they don't match because of like it only matters when we're talking about the old guard like it only matters when you're talking about the people who uh Mm. their their uh, their image of the star wars universe is grafted to the original cast and how that was presented however i don't think disney sees the old guard as the future of the the star wars ip like i don't see them thinking like oh we have to continue to appease them as we move forward and we're making our plans because ultimately that's not where their growth opportunity I- even is and, and that's that. where i see their the, the 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 real reason why they would refresh 
the original Star Wars movies, whether that's as a movie or whether that's a movie directly to uh, 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 to the Disney Plus platform, is because they care more than anything to McDonald'sify a Star Wars fan. They want to get them in early, and there's no accessibility to those movies. Some of us will find it. Some kids, some cool kids, will like discover it. But I do not think it is at the the level that would be like well, indoctrinating essentially people into the star Wars fan. I think, I think it's like a catch 22 thing where, cause I think it has something to do with what Josh was saying earlier, where it's like, if you want to get people on board with those stories and those characters, that's going to take a certain amount of um, effort and interest on the viewer. So I don't think anyone who's actually curious about those characters who wants to see those stories like well, maybe there's some of them, but like I don't know, I don't, I don't think necessarily they would go back and then not watch them because they're old. I think more likely, maybe with what you're talking about, these characters might not even they might not even be in people's heads. With like certain people, when they think of Star Wars, they probably think of Mando and Grogu and Ahsoka and whatever, and so like it it's kind of like irrelevant. So if they never go back and watch. Uh, stories with Luke Skywalker or the original movies with Luke and Han and all of them, they don't care because they're still, they can make new Star Wars movies with Greg and Jeff and they will love Greg and Jeff. So like, it doesn't matter. They're still going to be making a, a shit ton of money on the new movies with new characters. If even if people never even heard of Han Solo and then the people yeah. that are like, Oh, I actually heard about this Darth Vader, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker thing. If they already have that interest and they want to seek it out, they'll just go back and watch it. That's the way I yeah. kind of see it. You know, I think you're right on the money, Bracey, in terms of the, you know, the McDonald's vacation or whatever of Star Wars as like a lifestyle that like you want to you want to get them young. And I think, you know, there are already several starting points already beyond the original trilogy. Like there were I mean, the prequels certainly were one. Um, the Clone Wars rebels sort of felony verse of it all sequels um, tv uh, shows sequels uh, which you know in the quote-unquote felony verse is even more accessible you know with mando and the ahsoka show i think that's going to make a lot of people who maybe were either too old or too young to watch clone wars i think the ahsoka show will make a lot of people go back and check out like even clone wars which like you know we're forgetting is also a, a pretty old show at this point yeah it's almost like 20 years old at this point uh, no it's like it's like 2007 to like 2000 oh, i'm thinking of the uh, the the 2d cartoon that came out like in 2005 or 2004 yeah yeah so like i think there are already a lot of starting points and I think you're right, Bracey, like they are the old guard, as it were, um, of which I guess we are hard. We're the old guard, it... buddies. We're the old guards. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. well, like, well, frankly, as far as Disney is concerned, I think, you know, you said, Bracey, like they they definitely feel a need to kind of appease a certain kind of fan. I think they're frankly just waiting for us to die <laughs> uh, uh, so that, you know, don't have to worry about stepping on certain certain landmines uh culturally speaking and um, maybe that might in give them more of an incentive to get away from the skywalkers for fuck's sake 
after we all die. Well, they're <laughs> doing that. I think more, they're doing that already. I think they're actively making are. that effort to spread out the universe and 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 fill yeah. out into those other characters, which kind of gives them more are. ammunition to just make new stuff and never go, don't go back to the old shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think through this conversation, I'm I'm kind of talking myself to the position that Star Wars that that uh, Disney would definitely remake it if the numbers were there, but I don't think they're going to. I think is where I'm coming down on this. And if they do, I think it'll be in a form where it's not just like a straight up one to one. Here is a movie that's episode four. Here is a movie that's episode five. Here is a movie that's episode six. I think it would like be something in the vein of like a limited series where it's got like a spin on it or like an animated thing. It's not like a one to one correlation. I think that's where I'm landing on it. Uh, uh, here's how I'd do it. I would. <laughs> I would. I would totally look at like if we were going to make Star Wars first principles today and like and give it the like and or plus treatment like we really want to lean into this um and make it like the staple of like what we think star wars could be um and represent and show this world uh, that's expansive this this galaxy and really set the stage like i i would uh, yeah i i would let i would play out the tv shows spread us get get more properties out there people who are invested in other areas of the of the star wars universe uh uh in five years five to seven years i would take the new technology that allows me to use all the old characters if i want to um and just remake them but like really really well done and then those become like the uh the cine it be, uh, they make the star wars staple pack uh uh, and you can go back and see the originals if you want to, but I feel like that would reinvigorate a lot more attention from the younger crowd to understand what like the core mythology was. But then what would really be happening is that's actually just like a, it's a it's a small portion of what's going on in the world. But they like they allow accessibility to these other stories that are just like going to be falling off the radar the more and more we uh, we move forward. So you're talking about remaking the movies that way. Like with like yeah. the Andor, the Andor verve or, or whatever you want to call it, like the Andor approach. Like, yeah, the Andor approach, really, really tying it into other elements that just weren't in the original, uh, adding inclusivity in ways that like other people do not feel a part of the story in this universe yeah. and they don't feel well, like it's actually a, yeah. a wider galaxy. Um, well, like, you know, one of the things that I heard somebody say on another podcast they were talking about Andor and they were like this is clearly the most like well realized well acted well written well made show like Star Wars thing I have ever seen except it's not for kids and that makes me a little bit sad right that really I think articulated the only critique that I could level at Andor in any way would be that and like how integral is that to Star Wars, that it be accessible to kids. And, you know, if you do go back to first principles, like that was George Lucas's intention, right? To create like a mythological framework to impart lessons about life and society and how to live and interact with society for kids, right? So, yeah. so, so when you say, so when you say like remake it and give it the Andor treatment, I don't know that would work necessarily because if the intention is to, get them young i think you would have to make 
I think it's more likely we get something closer to the like humor of like the last Jedi, for example. Yeah. Where it's I... like it's like more kid friendly. Like either the last Jedi or like the Phantom Menace, frankly. Well, I I it's funny you mention all this because I remember watching Andor and thinking about how we have always said before how like every show is kind of like a different facet of what Star Wars is, like uh, the the serial, the spaghetti western, the fantasy, yeah. the whatever. Um, watching Endor, I had that same thought. I was like, this isn't for kids. And I did think that like the mantra of Star Wars was always like, it's for kids. So like, so it was something that made me think like, um, it was a bit ironic because I think I remember when they were making Solo and they fired the original directors. Um, I think a big problem that we all kind of assumed, but I think given quotes with, from like Lawrence Kasdan and stuff like that, was that they were saying like Han Solo is not funny. Like, don't try to make like it, it almost like I think we all kind of inferred that maybe they're trying to make it too much of a comedy or whatever. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. But like it was like a vibe thing and it wasn't working. And I feel like Andor is a same extreme vibe change that works because it's it's done really well, you know, and they take it very seriously. So I feel like Andor kind of opens up the door of like, thematically speaking, who is Star Wars for? What are the audiences like? Are they going to make like a Star Wars slapstick comedy? Are they going to make like a Star Wars horror movie? Are they going to make like a like a Star Wars romance, romantic comedy? Like, is this all these things where it's just like Andor kind of opens up those doors of possibilities that like, should Star Wars go down those routes or not? Because who is the audience and why are they making these movies? I, I, I feel like I, we've 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 landed right in the should for portion of our conversation. Should. should yes. yes. Be, now, make, yeah. make now, now we're into question number two over an yeah. hour into the podcast. Should yeah. they do this? Because even like, well, should they have even made Andor the way that they made it? It's like, yes, I, well, I think, well, in my opinion, as, as a consumer and as what I want to see as a 40 year old, fuck yeah. But like at the same time, it's like these things are going to go like way over kids heads. And yeah, but that's not fine. Yeah, but. But it's like that I'm totally fine with it, but I just I'm just saying like it's like a it's like a philosophical sort of thing of like how far down are you gonna have like a West Wing Star Wars? Like how far down the line are you gonna go? You know? So you can you can have the Andor flavor of Star Wars as long as you have all the other ones, right? Like True. Like again, it's like it's like, you know, making making customers for life, right? So so you need something for every age group, every demographic. Um so yeah, so the should, right? I mm -hmm. think I would not like to see the original trilogy remade. I would be very intrigued, you know, again, like to talk about movies and remakes in general. The only reason to remake a movie is if you're you're introducing something new. It's like you have a new thing to say about the material or a new spin on it. Um, going to what Bracey was saying, like, I'd be very interested and intrigued to see a remake of, say, you know, starting with A New Hope, where the main character was Leia. And we were following her and the other, your your twin brother was Luke, right? I would also be very interested in friend of the podcast. Jeff Koenig wrote this on his social media and my head was going somewhere similar. Watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi series made me realize that that was sort of an alternate universe episode four of the main saga, like that series followed up revenge of the sith 
more than the original Star Wars as a follow-up to Revenge of the Sith. Like, you want to see when Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin is Vader, and you want to see them confront each other again. And, like, what we get of that in Star Wars, like, if you watch them in chronological order, it's like, it's like the emphasis is not where you feel like it should be. So yeah. so Jeff was, um, you know, he was saying, like, you should remake it and have it be through the eyes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Uh, you know, like, I think there are ways to to do the source material with a different spin, a, a different emphasis. And I would be intrigued to see that. So uh, when I was saying getting getting them young, like the way I'm seeing this is in 10 years, like you could look at uh, uh, the new journey that they started for people with Mandalorian. I think they started uh, uh, bringing people in at um, at the end of 2019. It's like that was the beginning of the Mandalorian, the, t- the, t- the TV series version of of Star Wars. And I feel like at the end of 10 years, you're going to have this generation of people who have gotten to the point that they could be leaned into something like Andor more. And I feel like that's actually why I like when I'm thinking of the original stories being redone, it is specifically to pull in the kids who started right now and have been going through the series and the TV shows and haven't really been interested in the movies so much as they are interested in all the other Star Wars universe properties that are coming out and that that would be the perfect way to bring them in young but young i'm talking 20 like i'm talking like the beginning of the funnel of somebody who's going to be spending their money on disney for the next 30 to 40 to 50 years and that being the launching point of it's like more of a gift for this this group that's kind of going through the uh, the factory floor right now. So that's kind of what I where I was seeing that like getting them young is more mm-hmm. like like getting them young into the more deeper movie fandom kind of approach. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I think for all the same reasons, uh, those same people when they get to that age, they'll just go back and watch the old movies. And I had a thought while you were saying that, which is like. They're going to be having the same conversation as to like, are they going to remake the prequels? Oh, they fucking can't do that. Like, they're going to be having like a conversation about it. Well, that conversation has like, been happening, I think, since 1999. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about like the, the kids who grew up obsessed with Hayden Christensen as Anakin and like all these yeah. people. They're like, they're going to be having the same conversation. And then, like, and then, like, I feel like when you get down to that point where a fan is going to be watching the stuff for decades. That's a level of interest that's make them that's going to make them want to go back. As a young kid watching movies, I didn't know The Wizard of Oz was an old movie. I didn't know Mary Poppins was an old movie. They were just movies, you know. And then as I got older, I was like, oh yeah, that's from like 1939. I had like back in 1986, I had no idea, you know. I yeah, but dude, this generation of kids are so much more media literate than we were. Like they're so much more media sure. literate on so many different facets that like it's not the same thing. It, it's like, I think it's like down... us looking back for it's like us looking at yeah. the the vaudeville era and trying right. to be entertained. Like, that like that's that that's it's a huge difference. now. Um, I still maintain, though, that if, if, if you have enough interest, enough dedication to something that you're actually curious about the old thing, you'll just go back and see it. No, that's uh, but, true. And again, it just depends on, I mean, it's a numbers game. It depends on yeah. like, 
what's like, worth it that, for them with the bank. Um, yeah, and like we don't know how like what the prevailing like what the vast majority of that age group is going mm -hmm. to be doing, I think is the uh, question. And Josh, when you were talking about uh, the Obi-Wan shows more of a follow-up to Revenge of the Sith, I feel like the TV shows are kind of like that for Return of the Jedi compared to The Force Awakens. Like The mm. Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett are direct sequels to Return of the Jedi compared yeah. to The Force Awakens. Like, I feel like they're kind of mirroring each other in that sense. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. So my should, my should comes down to, I, I, like, I feel like after this conversation, I don't believe they should unless... They're going back and they're making one through six. Agree. I think Agree. that's, I, I no. don't think they should you, go you back mean, like, and start. The menace to the return yeah. of the Jedi. I think like if they, if they go back, if they're like, we're, we're, we're going to do this. Um, uh, then I think they should do it because I think like uh, with all the, the whining, I think there'll be a lot less whining. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, because like, people will be like, oh, I'm sacri I'm losing the original trilogy, but I'm gaining like a new, a new, uh, a more refined, um, prequels. And then like, and likewise, the people who are like, like, oh, I can't believe the prequels they're making, but they're like, oh, but like, I've been waiting yeah. for them to redo the originals. That's a very good point. If they did, if they made it like, say like a one shot sort of mini series for television the way they do Andor or something like that like you were saying before where it's like hour long episodes and they made it like a 12 whatever episode 15 episode season you think they might do it that way because that way it won't be the movies it would just be like I don't know what but even then like I'm not even sure if they would do that unless oh. they're like going unless they invent a new character to tell the same stories in different perspective. Like it's just like I, think, I don't. I think when the kids get old enough, they're gonna probably want to go back and watch the old stuff anyway. I think it all depends on their market research, okay. and I think it all depends on, you know, things we don't know about um, how we're gonna be consuming media and what is gonna resonate with generations younger than us. Like the interesting thing I'm, you know, realizing now is like we are the wrong people to be having this conversation because you know we're talking about stuff that's not specifically not for us it's not targeted at us you really want to get conceptual we're even thinking about ways of like watching the ways we watch movies and consume media now the ways we consume media in the future could be far different so like they might be making new things for things like uh, beyond virtual reality beyond things where you actually have you are an active participant like like there there are certain things that like we cannot predict because they haven't been invented yet so like, you know, what I'm trying to say here, son, here's a pill. This is Star Wars. <laughs> you want your blue pill or your red pill? One's the prequels. One's the original trilogy. Uh, what about the sequel thing? I heard about a, a sequel. Oh, you no. don't even want to touch that shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. That shit will fuck you up. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, it wasn't something that I was going to uh, throw into the mix of everything that we were already talking about, but I do believe, and that is also why I, I, I kind of give that time horizon. I do believe that in, in the not too distant future, the medium in which this is delivered on is going to be something that is a little bit more um, custom tailored in ways that like tailoring it to the end, um, uh, the, the, the audience member that is, is viewing it. And I don't, I don't think with the access to AI and uh, uh, a real-time 
capabilities, real-time rendering capabilities, that that wouldn't be part of the storytelling where like th there are elements that are identified that could better be tailored to the person that is watching it that will get them more invested in the story without actually affecting the core story elements. And like, I feel like that's the, that's, that's, well, whatever that, that comes point, out as is going to be the, the Bandersnatch. Bander it's Star Wars Bandersnatch. Yeah. <laughs> and you can watch it horizontally or vertically. <laughs> Maybe backwards. Uh, to me, that's not even like a conversation of them remaking the movies as much as like, it's just a new thing, like entirely. Yeah. That's like, that's like, yeah, I mean, you, you can, can play like the original trilogy on Super Nintendo. That's like a totally different thing. To me, what we're talking about now is like, that's not even like a, that's just like a whole thing. That's like, like yeah, everyone will well, do that for every single uh, thing. If, if, if you can yeah. actually like be actually experiencing it, that's like a whole new balance. Oh, but I'm not even talking about it. I'm just even talking about just watching it as a 2D element. They can take elements from the model, from your data, from what you watch, and they can apply that to, uh, uh, to how they're real time but, generating. Sure. The, uh, uh, and you're watching but, it as a film. I feel like to me, that that's is still likely like a, that's going to be. But I, I still think that's kind of like a new thing anyway, because we're, I, I think like given the parameters of everyone seeing the same product, old school, the way that we watch a movie now, I don't necessarily think they're going to go back to that. But if they're if they're involving like breaking the fourth wall and making it more like catered to the individual, then it's like fucking everyone will do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I think here we're getting to a question that is kind of another question about like what is the form we're going to be consuming media generally mm. um and the one thing that i will say in regards to you know the customization of the the experience for the viewer or the end user or however you want to term it is that while i do think that is a a horizon that will open up for storytelling i also do think that is not a replacement. I think mm -hmm. there will always be sort of a desire to be told a story that is not a, a bespoke or a participatory experience, right? So so I think what you're talking about, Bracey, and I could be wrong, but I think that what you're talking about is a form of media, a form of storytelling that I don't think will replace the one-way mode of communication that sort of film and tv represents right now like i don't think it'll be a replacement for that i think it'll be something that is another option that will compete for our attention and eyeballs along with film and tv i mean that's my my take on it i i just asked chat gpt to summarize the original star wars movie as a haiku oh my god okay a young jedi rises with droids and princess in tow Dark Lord, he defeats. That's wonderful. Not That's... Wrong. <laughs> um, I, and I was just using it because I was like, I, I honestly, you know, I do believe uh, there is going to be that like weird crossover period. But uh, like, as soon as people buy it, as soon as people are actually willing to put their attention on it, I think that's when they sh they make that shift. And if it, uh, I think the moment it starts to be presented as a. a an option right next to a Star Wars movie or a show, I feel like your like our our outside uh, perspective of what is generating that movie doesn't really matter at that point because like it's literally going to be in the same place as 
as the original Star Wars film. It one might be a little interactive in a way that's like passive interactivity. It's taking elements of your model, but like it, like you know, I, I, I can, I, I can see arguments that it isn't the same thing. But I also very at the very core, it's like it doesn't matter if we as consumers act the same way. If we as consumers act, yes, the same. right. No, I agree with you. What I'm saying is that I don't think that for consumers that will be the thing that they would rather do every single time. Hmm. Oh, I think, and also too, if you want to have a, if, uh, the ability to like talk about things with everybody, like it's it's a bit weird because no no one's going to be able to talk about what you're talking about because it's like yeah, it's I mean like, that's it's another like, it's thing. Like talking about your, like, oh, I had a dream. You had a dream. Let's talk about our dreams. It's like, it's it's not the same. Like, you can't. Are we dealing with that right now, though? Isn't that, the, isn't that the whole point? Like, the they're like the media fractioning and like people aren't able to talk about the same, uh, same stuff. Thinking, except for the fact that we have a Star Wars podcast. And obviously, there's yeah, I was going to say, we're grateful we're, we're for talk- everybody who's taking the time to listen to us now. Well, yeah, but, like I, but we're all we're all consuming different media, but but you, it's still possible to see the same exact media. Like, if you're yeah, talking about like a. Like if you're talking about like a song or a movie or a show or literally a, anything, uh, if you if you see it, you see it, and then if somebody else sees it, they see it. They might see, they might have different thoughts on it. But if you have a media that's given you a different product by just because you as an individual uh, with an algorithm and feature technology, whatever, you wouldn't be able to talk about it in the same sense as to like we've all seen the same movie, we all know what we're talking about. Uh, so that, culturally speaking, I think is a reason why it will never fully replace the way that we watch stuff now. Like um, books with paper still exist, you know, stuff like that. Right. No, I mean, that's a good point. It's like, you know, the novel still exists as a form of entertainment. It's not mm-hmm. the dominant form of entertainment that it, that it you know, was in the 19th century. Right. I mean, or even the 20th century, frankly. Um, but yet it still exists and there are still people who seek it out and who appreciate that form for what it does well. Um, I am not embarrassed to say that I don't completely understand what it is we're talking about fully. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> well, the, way, the way that I interpret it is like if, if I'm watching a movie... No, no. Given my, given what the I computer know, thinks I, I like, I, they might recast someone with a different actor compared to the actor that you're seeing. Yes, like, yes, exactly, exactly. Way, and right, it's like right. you can't talk about yes. the movie if I saw it with Tom Hanks and you oh. saw it with Tom Cruise. It's a different movie. Right? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, know? but it's just like, we're approaching a level of like hypothetical on hypothetical. I know. Uh, I we're know. approaching a level of abstraction where it's like I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I'm following the conversation 100. That said, I think. There's a distinction to be drawn that I believe will make the sort of dictatorial creator, viewer, reader, straight line, um, something that uh, remains a viable source of artistic expression. Because I think ultimately at the end of the day, I think that that art, whether it's film, drama, the written word, music, I think it's about communicating human experience. It's about communicating ideas about human experience. And I think that while there is a place for the bespoke algorithmically generated content, that is something that I think will be entertaining and will, you know, will occupy your time. But ultimately, I think it's kind of empty calories because it's like when you try to 
read into it or you try to kind of understand on a deeper level like what is the idea what is the point of view that mm. is trying to be imparted here you know that there is no single human mind at work that is trying to communicate something to you you're not showing a different all. point of view you're just showing you're just seeing your point of view in an echo chamber yeah well i mean not to say that like you wouldn't be able to read something into what you're being shown but i'm saying that there is a level of engagement with a piece of art or with a text that goes beyond just the superficial of what mm. you're being shown like you try to pick it apart you try to understand why you are being told this thing in this way that i still think is a a pleasure or a necessary function of art that is created by humans and that's uh i think something you know, whether you articulate it in that way or not, I think that's something that we need and will continue to be a necessity. So so I don't know that when we're talking about, say, Star Wars, the movie, I don't know that any form of of AI, you know, VR experience will completely supplant the movie from 1977 that was the artistic vision of one man realized through the talents and the perspectives of many others around him. But that artistic vision, that intent to communicate something in a specific way to reach a specific audience with a specific intent, like that's something that I think is the animating force I guess pun intended, actually, that is at the heart of all Star Wars. So like you can have a Star Wars experience that is completely designed to push your particular buttons. But I I think that that will never completely supplant, you know, old fashioned movies, uh, novels. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I, for the most part, I, I agree with that. I think uh, what I'm speaking more is like translating the elements that don't necessarily communicate over the way that it was intended mm. and that, and not changing the core story, but actually being able to understand what, what is being said and uh, making it more accessible to other people mm. as that technology becomes oh, well, more and more available, that's going to be applied to our media. And even though it comes out in the, as a, in a very similar form, it's going to be something that is is, is t more more and more tailored so more and more people can access uh could you give me what? an example because i'm not exactly sure i'm following uh yeah so uh if the movie was originally shot in a, in a way that's like highlighting characters um in a certain landscape that like uh uh if somebody is colorblind uh, uh the way that it was shot uh, doesn't really help that person see due to contrast issues, but then like it can in real time modify the film. So the color correction like uh, and things like that itself is changed. And like uh, that wasn't what the original creator had intended when they had color corrected the film and shot it and set everything up. But that real time modification allows somebody who is colorblind to actually enjoy the film in a way that they actually get all the elements the same way that we put captions there no filmmaker not not no filmmaker but most filmmakers aren't thinking of having captions as part of their film unless there's a part where they want that they, they want to express somebody's opinion through through captions um but that inevitably modifies the film from accessibility and i think that capability is expanding and we're going to see that expand and 
and reach deeper into what we think of as the actual core meat of a film. And that's kind of what I'm saying is like, that's, that's that, like we could, you could go off into the, the VR and the immersive side as well. But I think even before that, there's levels of accessibility of expanding the universe for people mm. who don't necessarily, uh, 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 have a perspective on it the way that we do because it's you know there's a, a certain of level of of ableism that we we have just kind of sure. taken for granted that allows that they they can't even get to the point that we're at so that 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 is more what I was talking about yeah that's interesting. that's interesting um, um, I, I, we we both said literally the same thing at the same yeah. time uh, <laughs> oh uh, uh, you guys saw that th there's a video going around of this new like AI replacement of the face. So, uh, uh, so people can dub in other languages and it matches with the mouth. Uh, that's another way that I feel like that's about to like, that's crazy influence. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Uh, our cinema. And that's, uh, that's already happening now. Um, and it's starting to find its way into movies into, uh, uh, like Netflix, like st streaming services because it's like, it's such a big deal. You have this movie, uh, 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 you lose a lot of people who aren't willing to watch it with subtitles uh, because it's harder. And like, and now, uh, now they're utilizing that tool to make it so they can customize it for e each and every um, viewing audience. That's so super interesting. Uh, uh, that's a very interesting application of the technology. Yeah, I'm starting to get what you're talking about. I actually had a question to go back to the original quote being like, this is low-key underrated. Basically, under the assumption that this movie is not what he assumed it would be because it was an old movie to him. Uh, do you have your own examples of a movie that you had an expectation of what it was going to be? And then like a classic that you just didn't see because you're like, oh, yeah, like I know there's this old movie and like it's supposed to be pretty good. But I, I, you just avoided it. And then when you finally watched it, you're like, this is not what I expected it to be in a good way. I actually have a couple of examples. But I Dead hear Poet Society. Know. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Because that's move that movie is of our generation too. Like it came out when we were like seven or eight years old or something like that. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. Um, but I never. It, it wasn't. It, it exactly. It wasn't a movie for me at the time that I. It was. It was. Mm -hmm. It was coming out. And then when I watched it, I was like, "This has all the markings of that time period." Mm -hmm. But but it's also really good. <laughs> this is yeah. a really good movie. Yeah, it's like this is a solid movie. I honestly can't think of an example where I saw something that had a reputation that wasn't what I expected. I do have a lot of examples that are coming to mind of, you know, movies that I tried to engage with when I was younger, like in high school that mm. I knew were like, quote unquote, classics that I don't know. I fully got for whatever reason that now as an adult, mm -hmm. I sit down and I watch it. And it's like a completely different viewing experience. It's like a completely different thing where I'm like, oh, this is what that was. And I don't know if it's because, yeah. you know, I didn't have the life experience or I didn't have the, you know, I wasn't like as good at interacting with media that wasn't made for you me and my literate, sensibility. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it's a combination of the two. It's It's being more literate. And also, like, I am older and have more life experiences, so I yeah. can relate to more of the things that are in there, and they're more meaningful to me. Sure. Um, uh, cool. But uh, what are your examples? Well, two movies. I have examples for both of those things. Uh, two movies that I saw 
that I had totally different ideas of what they were and they weren't those things were Lawrence of Arabia and Saturday Night Fever. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, I thought was going to be like an Errol Flynn swashbuckling desert adventure. And it's not. It's like an anti-war movie and it's like great. It's deep. It's amazing. And then uh, Saturday Night Fever, I thought it was just like a John Travolta disco party movie. And it's not. It has a lot more to do with mean streets than anything else. And it's like really fucking dark and depressing. And I was like, this movie is not what I thought. But when you think of Saturday Night Fever, you just think of the white suit, him pointing his finger up in the air and like the Bee Gees and the opening scene of him walking down the sidewalk eating pizza. You're like, yeah, I know what this movie's going to be. And you watch it and you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is like, this is like a dark fucking movie. And then um, it's not what I thought. And then to your point, uh, Josh, uh, I remember watching Eyes Wide Shut when it came out. Because, uh, what, we, I was like 18 and uh, or so. It came out, I was, I think, a senior in high school or something like that. I watched it and I was like, yeah, Stanley Kubrick, he's the best. Let's watch this movie. And I was like, yeah, this movie's weird. I think I know what's going on. Like, I guess they're, you know, having marital problems and there's a weird orgy. And like, that was an interesting experience. And then I watched it in my 30s as a grown man in a committed adult relationship. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like this movie like is totally different and likewise i just watched um saving private ryan like maybe like a year or two ago again i hadn't seen it since college when we were in college i was like this is the craziest fucking war movie and then as an adult i was just crying the whole movie because of the weight of the toll of the, the cost of war over everything so i don't know i just think it's interesting like different perspectives of like when we get older and then like thinking of like assuming what something's going to be and then we actually see it and it's like not what we thought no that's actually really interesting that you brought up kubrick because several of the examples that i had in mind when i said what i said were stanley kubrick movies i was thinking of mm -hmm. 2001 a space odyssey i was thinking mm -hmm. of dr strange love i was thinking mm -hmm. of i mean basically All like <laughs> yeah like that's an example where where it's not just me though like i actually think like Stanley Kubrick's an example where a lot of people, most people have that experience with a Stanley Kubrick movie where like it takes like two, three, four, five viewings to fully digest it. And that makes me think of a Guillermo del Toro quote that I just came across recently where he was like, make your weakness your strength. Mm. And that's and that's your style. And he used the example of Stanley Kubrick, where he was like, you know, you look at his earlier movies and they're like kind of stodgy and meticulous and like kind of lifeless. And what Kubrick did was he he leaned into that and he made that his style where like mm. that's how he sees things. And then like that, that becomes like a Stanley Kubrick movie. Right. And like, by leaning like into thought, it, you see the humanity in something that seems ostensibly very cold, like 2001 yeah. or something. Or like even that, Eyes Wide like, Shut, frankly. Or even Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a very cold, cold stance on everything. But you, but when you watch it, you feel uncomfortable. And you're just yeah. like, oh, whoa. Everything's like you, you're starting to do the work for the movie. You're projecting onto it. Yeah, I mean, Eyes Wide Shut is 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 crazy because it's like, you know, when it came out or the first time you watch it, it's a hard watch because like there's a weird there's like a tension there mm -hmm. where it it feels very cold and sterile, yet the subject matter is like so primal and passionate 
and and intimate. Anyway, this is not a Stanley Cooper podcast. No, so well, I mean, like, I wonder no, what, is. like, go, going back to the to the to the dude who watched uh, Star Wars and said it was <laughs> low key underrated. I wonder what he thought Star Wars would be when he saw Me the too. original movie. And yeah. I wonder if he thought it was going to be like uh, some Humphrey Bogart movie to him or something. And I wonder what he got out of it. Did he get the same thing that we got out of it? Or did he get something totally different out of it? Like I, or like, I wonder if he saw it with our eyes now or if he sees it in connection to all of like the canon that exists outside of those movies, you know? So I wonder what, what that is for him. Yeah, I mean... I presume, and again, I reached out to him because I would love to uh, to put these questions to him, like, I mean, just out of curiosity. Um, I presume he was reading it in the context of the canon that's already out there, and he probably assumed that, like, the special effects wouldn't would be hold shitty. up. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I, what I presume. Mm. It's like, you know, it's like if you're to watch... I don't know. I mean, I feel like now I'm... I'm pretty open to watch to watch anything, and I can kind of engage with it on its own terms. But, like, you know... I mean, again, like there was a time where as a kid, black and white would be kind of a barrier for me. Um, for a lot of people. Unless it was Laurel Hardy for me. Like I was, I was a huge fan <laughs> of Laurel and Hardy. Back back. I mean, for me, like I like I Love Lucy and uh, uh, and the Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. I love the Twilight sub, Zone when I was sub, a kid. Subtitles are a very big barrier for a lot of people. Uh, well, anyway, I feel like we have gone through the pros and cons enough. To wrap it up, though, where do we fall on each of these questions? Will they and should they? Or would they and should they? John, would uh, they and should they? Remix I'll, 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 do, I'll do three of them because I'll include will. Uh, will they? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Would they? They would do literally anything for money. I think that's just the nature of Hollywood. Uh, uh, should they? No, I feel like uh, as a piece of culture, as a piece of art, uh, just leave it the way it is and just make new stuff and make new stuff that will reflect back onto that. So you can see the trajectory of the history of cinema and the history of our own art and culture. Uh, if you keep going back and redoing, re-changing history, um, you lose track as to why you're doing the things you're doing and how we got to where we are now. They need to have the breadcrumbs. Well said. Bracey, would they, should they, uh, you can answer it the way John did as well. Will they, would they, should they? Okay, yeah, will they, uh, yeah, as I made the prediction, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident they will. They're doing uh, it right uh, now. Uh, 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 would they, yeah, like, assuming that, like, the numbers, uh, the numbers align and, and, and things make uh, sense, and, and uh, should they, um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because, um, like, I think I think I, I'm happy in knocking down this gatekeeping um, uh, that I feel like emerges from the sense that uh, uh, that we have to keep these things sacred. Like, like the stories, like stories are meant to grow and be retold. And like, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I I I see only a brighter future in 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 a, in, in in a world where we're retelling these stories and not uh, necessarily gatekeeping them. It's funny Very... because uh, it's like two different, totally different perspectives. And yet, like, I don't necessarily disagree with everything that you're saying. I think it's just like, it's funny because I was talking about it as art and you were talking about it as story. And it's like, those are kind of two different things. I don't know. I just find that interesting. 
Well, well, it's also interesting, too, because I don't disagree with what either one of you said. But I think, you know, there is I don't know that you can separate form from the story. It's like, I mean, you can, but then it becomes something fundamentally different, which I think is the point that you're making, Gracie. It's like we can and should make it something new and different. And that only makes the original that much more special and unique because it was a rendering of that story in the way that it only could be and only will ever. Hmm. Um, so will they, would they, should they, will they? Well, this is not so straightforward. I guess it depends on what you mean by remake. Like now that we've sort of busted it open, I mean don't everything. think everything. If you want to remake it as something totally new and different, then yeah, they probably will. But if you just want to remake like a just like a a standard movie the way we Yeah, like a hundred and twenty minute like theatrical film, I don't think they will. Would they? Yes, absolutely. Of course they would. Mm -hmm. Should they? Not for me to say. As a standalone movie, just a movie. I don't think no, they I mean, should. if they make a whole new brand new thing, then like, I don't know, what is it? I'm, I might be curious. <laughs> you know, like like like, it's a strange, it's a tricky question because I'm a firm believer that you should be willing to engage with a text, you know, be it a movie or whatever, in the way that it was originally, you know, intended. Because I don't think you can separate the restrictions of the medium and the form that it is from the content. I think that that, uh, that, that influences the content. Um, so I think there's value to... You know, not making them inaccessible, Bracy, but but I think there is value in you know engaging with things on it their terms and trying to understand the context and the everything. But that said, absolutely, like not everyone is going to do that. Not everyone should have to do that to experience a work. Um, I think Star Wars is populist enough and certainly grand enough and multifaceted that there are so many so many accessible things so many ways into the story ways into the universe and also like star wars i mean i said it before like star wars is not just a movie it is a mythological framework it is a mythical you know it is a fictional universe most crassly it's a brand and where for star wars to be relevant enough to to be remade for anyone to care like it is kind of in a different class than just remaking a movie it's like yeah. there's like more at play here so should they i don't know man so yeah well thank you bracy and john for uh this very interesting discussion it went in some places i didn't quite predict um but yeah it was a lot of fun and uh that wraps up this special edition Trash Compactor episode for Star Wars Podcast Day 2023. We will be having more episodes drop later this year. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate the show. We are Trash Pod across all social media. Transcripts of this episode and all our other episodes can be found at TrashComPod.com. And we will see you on the next one.